0: Wedge Issues is brought to you by Wispolitics.com, a place where political insiders go for news, opinion, and campaign information. Once again, that's Wispolitics.com.
1: Democrats are coming to the land of cheese, beer, and sausage for their 2020 National Convention. And they're going to find out that Milwaukee and the whole state of Wisconsin have a whole lot more than that to offer. I'm Jesse Opoyan, and this is Wedge Issues, a Cap Times podcast about state government and politics in Wisconsin. For those of you who, in addition to listening to this podcast, are Cap Times readers, you may have been expecting this episode to be an interview with Ben Wickler, who is running for the State Democratic Party of Wisconsin chair position. But we had a little bit of breaking news this week when we found out that Milwaukee would be the host city for the 2020 Democratic National Convention. So, this week we have a special episode featuring my friends from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Molly Beck, and Patrick Marley. We'll talk a little bit about what went into Milwaukee landing the gig, why Republicans were quick to criticize the city's socialist history, and of course, we will offer a few recommendations of beers and cheeses for visitors to try when they're here. I am super excited to have my friends and competitors and uh, Capitol Press Corps colleagues, Molly Beck and Patrick Marley from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel here today. Um, And they are here because we found out that Milwaukee is going to be the host site of the Democratic National Convention in 2020. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, So we're going to be a little busy these next few years, months. Job security. Job security. Yeah, that's <laughs> what
0: every Wisconsin political journalist <laughs> right. is saying. Job security.
1: Yeah, this is. I mean, this is big for every political reporter in Wisconsin. But you guys obviously kind of have the direct connection to this because it's the hometown paper. Even though you both work in Madison. Okay, so so tell me. You know, you guys had reporters covering the day that everyone found out that this was going to happen. You guys were doing it from Madison. But what kind of stuff? Are we, have we been hearing from Milwaukee officials about what this means for the city, for for Wisconsin?
2: I think Milwaukee's very excited for this. Uh, the economic impact alone, I think they're they're estimating up to two hundred million dollars just for having the convention and the events and and everybody in Milwaukee for for those few days in uh, July of twenty twenty. So that alone is a is a big deal for Milwaukee. I think it also Democrats are are you know, state Democrats are excited that the national Democratic scene is paying attention to Wisconsin right now.
0: It really burns a lot of Wisconsin Democrats that they lost the presidential election in Wisconsin after a 30 plus year winning streak. And so I think this builds on the momentum that they've got to try to take the state back.
1: Yeah, we even heard Mark Pocan, big Dem booster in Wisconsin, kind of one of the big voices of the party, taking a jab at Hillary Clinton the other day. He said the exciting thing about this is it means that the Democratic nominee really has to visit the state this time uh, because she didn't do that after the primary in 2016.
0: Well, we already have had Amy Klobuchar and Beto O'Rourke here. So I think that even if we didn't get the convention, they (laughs) Uh, all know they would have to come to the state early and often.
1: Everyone kind of learned that lesson. Um, so the, the two cities that Milwaukee beat out, I mean, there are a lot of cities that applied, but in the end it came down to Houston and Miami and Milwaukee. Uh, and it seemed like in particular, like Miami was pretty salty
0: about yeah, this. They kind
2: of seemed like sore losers, maybe. they I, I saw somebody, a top official in the Democratic Party there saying that Democrats wouldn't be getting a red carpet by picking Milwaukee. I'm pretty sure there's probably red carpet in Milwaukee
0: somewhere. You could probably <laughs> find uh, one. could probably find <laughs> <laughs> i bet so. Yeah, maybe
1: at the Fister. or maybe they'll just <laughs> yeah. get one. for the Burgundy for the at least. least. Burgundy at yeah. It's
0: not like Florida's going to get ignored either in this right. next right. election. Right, I mean,
1: these are, yeah, we, we know what the battleground states are going to be. And it should be noted that it's not a guarantee that when you have the convention right. in a state that that party wins the state. In fact, often that hasn't been the case in recent years um, but like you mentioned Patrick this was 2016 was the first time since 1984 that a Republican had right. won in Wisconsin in a presidential election so um, yeah I would recommend I think you know Craig Gilbert had a good story for you guys talking about yeah. just sort of the geographic significance of this looking at the the suburb dynamic outside Milwaukee you've got deep blue city surrounded by bright red suburbs mm-hmm. and kind of just a sea of blue over by Madison that's yeah. rapidly growing and ex- expanding into the suburbs and then the rest of the state that's just a big question mark at, at this point.
0: Yeah though I mean it does seem like it's a ripe Trump country. I mean it's it went for Trump in 2016 and although Walker lost that was a strong point for him were those rural parts of the state. So I think we very likely could continue to see that.
2: Yeah state Republicans are I saw, I believe, the new executive director tweeting something about they hope for this to be a three-peat of uh, Republicans <laughs> winning the state that the Democratic convention's in.
1: Yeah, that's been the, the case the last two. So um, the yeah. Republican reaction to yeah. this has been sort of like the obvious this is good economic impact on, on the state. But um, we really quickly then started hearing Republicans criticizing Democrats for, you know, they're saying this is going to put their extreme policies on display. Socialism. You know, socialism. Yeah. Socialism was happened the big right, of the right day, away. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. 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 We got to socialism quickly.
0: That's we, true. we did,
1: which is kind of how the conversation has been going more and more so with Republican criticism of the Democratic well, Party.
0: What You know, with um, AOC and some others in the party, there's been, uh, I mean, Bernie Sanders being a declared Democratic Socialist. Uh, That's been a lot of talk about the party, and Republicans have been very critical of it. Milwaukee has a history of uh, having socialist mayors in the past, and so the state Republican Party tried to draw that connection. Though I would say the socialism of um, Milwaukee's history is pretty different than the socialism that we're talking about today.
1: Yeah. So the Milwaukee socialism had a, a name.
0: It had a very sexy name. It <laughs> sewer socialists um, because they were very focused on uh, public infrastructure. So they're building sewers in the city. And uh, so, so that was uh, it was a lot about public investment there. Milwaukee, I think, had three uh, socialist mayors. I first learned about it when Frank Zeidler died in, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And um, I asked for his FBI file. <laughs> Which was extensive because as a socialist uh, during a time when the FBI was monitoring socialists and communists very closely, and what was interesting about it and I, I can't remember all the details because it's been a long time since I wrote it, but um, there were handwritten notes on his file about comments that Frank Seidler had made that J. Edgar Hoover had commented directly about him. So he was it kind of highlighted how involved J. Edgar Hoover was in all the things the FBI was doing.
1: That's just fascinating. But he was mayor for a really long time. He was, yes. Yeah. And Milwaukee had three socialist Mm -hmm. mayors. I think that's right, three of them. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely the city's got some ties, but a few people pointed out when the the first level of criticism from state Republicans was, oh, of course, Democrats would have their convention in Milwaukee. It's a socialist city. Republicans in the state had their state convention in milwaukee just last year that's That's true um you know milwaukee milwaukee kind of gets a bad rap every now and then but at the end of the day people still go back to it because it's the biggest city in the state and it's got the resources to to have these conventions it's one of the big economic drivers of the scott walker lives
0: there now scott walker lives (laughs) there now. He's the county executive for milwaukee Milwaukee county so yeah there's a lot of connections between republicans and and uh the state's largest city
1: yeah um, so uh, one of the big question marks, I think, immediately, well, c- going into the decision process of, of which city could handle this, and then coming out of it, even still, there was, I think, Nate Silver had a tweet that a lot of people were unhappy with: was, does the city really have the space and the needed infrastructure and the hotel rooms and the money to put something on like this? What kind of reassurances have we heard that Milwaukee's prepared to do something like this?
2: I think, I, I think everybody's admitted that there's probably going to be a hotel shortage, hotel room shortage, but there's also Airbnb and, and things like that. Um, otherwise, I, I think that's the only thing that I've heard that is an obvious concern. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's possibly what held up the final decision. We had this kind of extended period of not knowing if it was going to be Milwaukee, and I think it was because the DNC wanted assurances that there would be enough mm-hmm. uh, beds for everyone. Um as Molly notes, you know, Chicago's not far. Madison is not far. Right. So I think everyone will have a place to stay. They just might have a really long commute every day. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think people who have covered other conventions or attended other conventions are familiar with that. I know in, in Cleveland, the RNC in 2016, a lot of people were staying at least an hour out right, of the city. Yeah. So people have dealt with it before they can deal with it again. Mm-hmm. The The centerpiece sort of, of the, I guess, the draw for Milwaukee is the new arena that um, is now called the Pfizer Forum. For many months, it was just sort of this hypothetical new Bucks arena, which was a few years ago in the legislature when Scott Walker was still governor. The Bucks were looking at leaving Milwaukee because the um, arena that they were playing in was really outdated. So they needed a new arena to stay, and the state ended up chipping in for that a little bit. Um, the Scott Walker slogan on that,
2: Molly, we were talking about that the other day. Cheaper to keep them. Cheaper to keep them. Yeah. <laughs> And he he pointed out the, the irony of that, you know, a few days ago he said that you know that was that was a, a deal that he and other Republicans were championing, and now it's going to be the probably the, the centerpiece of the whole convention for Democrats. Right. It was kind of a weird, strange bedfellow sort of thing. I mean, the mm-hmm. owners of the Bucks are big
1: Democratic donors. Right. Alec Lassery, the, one of the senior VPs on the team, played a huge role in getting the convention here. But they also worked with the Republican legislature and a Republican governor to make this deal happen. Right.
0: One of the big winners here is Fiserv, who's going to get a lot of free advertising over the next <laughs> year and a That's half. That's right. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to say, what is Fiserv? And uh, maybe more people will find out about this company. That's right. Company.
1: Well, and didn't, didn't Fiserv get some tax breaks to stay in the state, too? They
0: got an incentive package. Actually, that was was it part of the Bucks deal? I think it was it part was. of the Bucks deal yeah. that said yeah. if, they, if they stayed and kept their headquarters in Wisconsin, they would get uh, some money.
1: And then they got their name on the stadium, too. Actually, was it in
0: the Bucks or it was it in the Foxconn? It was in the yes. Foxconn, right. Foxconn. It was in Foxconn, Yeah, Scratch that.
2: Foxconn. It was in Foxconn.
1: Yeah. Which I'm sure we'll hear a lot about also yes. during this convention. We sure will. I'm, I'm
0: betting so. All
2: right. Well, what, what, uh, what else are we missing here? The elephant in the room. Or in this case, the donkey. Yes. Which is... My
1: thirtieth birthday <laughs> is the last day of this convention,
0: and there is nothing you would rather do on your birthday than spend it in the middle of a political convention, right? It
1: just seems fitting in it so does. many ways. It seems very appropriate. It does. I mean, I, you know, uh, of course, I would love to celebrate my birthday in Madison, where I live, but it's kind of nice to think of you know being going out in Milwaukee, experiencing what the city has to it's offer. It's kind of nice
0: to think about working fourteen hours. Isn't yeah, it? After it's working, a great going like, to have it. so much hours for time and three energy. Days? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a blast. Bring this in. <laughs> I'll buy you a beer.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I'll buy you two I'll, beers. I'll need a few probably at that <laughs> point. I don't know. It's because yeah. last night of the convention traditionally is the night when the nominee is actually being right. acknowledged and speaking. So nothing nothing for me to do. No. <laughs> Yeah, Molly very cruelly suggested that fight song could be playing in the arena at the moment that I turn 30. Probably will. I will cry. It's past his prologue. (laughs) (laughs) I would hope that that would be a lesson everyone could learn is just to write that song out of the convention. So something that came up this morning, that the day we're recording, is Thursday, but Governor Evers was on the radio talking today about his budget and about transportation, and that's another question, I think, about Milwaukee and logistics of getting around, is mm-hmm. there are a lot of construction projects that are happening there, and he's talked about a few that are going to be completed, or at least kind of so, in the I works mean, at the this big, time. The
0: big one that has tied up traffic in recent years is the zoo interchange, and that is on sort of the main throughway is complete. The North Leg, if Evers has his way, would be done in the next two years. So if it weren't completed, we would be close to completed at that point. But, you know, there's also the local streets and potholes and plenty of other work that's going on there.
1: So just this week we found out that Beto O'Rourke is joining the field. We already have a few other announced candidates and a lot more who are thinking about it. Do you guys want to make any predictions on what we're going to be looking at by the time people come to Milwaukee? It could look
2: like the, you know, the Democratic primary and the governor's election here in Wisconsin where there is many candidates and the person with the most name ID ended up winning and I think people are kind of expecting uh, Joe Biden to be
0: the Tony Evers in this field. Yeah, so we had what eight in the Democratic primary mm-hmm. in Milwaukee, uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, another good parallel is the Republican race where you had more than fifteen—I can't remember—it was seventeen or what the what the number was. Scott Walker was among them for a hot minute. Um, you know, uh, Tony Evers was asked about that and whether it would hurt the chances of the Democrats to have such a massive field. And he made the point that Republicans had a large, messy primary, and Trump won. um, And Evers had a large, not so messy, but large, uh, confusing primary, and he ended up winning ultimately. Wedge Issues is sponsored by Wispolitics.com. You can become a Wispolitics.com member. Find out more at Wispolitics.com slash membership.
1: Okay, so none of us live in Milwaukee, but we've all spent some time there. Oh, yeah, I
0: um, lived there a few years.
1: You did live there a few years. Molly, you've got family living yeah. there now. Yeah, yep. Wauwatosa. Yeah. Yes, um close yeah. enough. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, it's not just Milwaukee that's on display. It's, it's all of Wisconsin that's on display. So for people who are going to experience Wisconsin for the first time, and we're going to read so many, like the New York Times has done them, we're going to read so many stories about, like, here's what to expect when you come to Wisconsin. But what are the, some of the best and worst things you think people are going to experience when they come? To this state? And particularly, what would you recommend people do when they're in Milwaukee if they have any time to do anything? Milwaukee is a
0: city of bars of all stripes and they should check them out. I think there's more taverns than churches. Isn't that kind of the cliche (laughs) about Milwaukee? Yeah. Um, And probably all of Wisconsin. Definitely. When we first moved there, my wife thought. Um, hey, you know what would be cool is if we tried to visit every bar in Milwaukee. And it was like <laughs> – Oh, man. <laughs> there was like one look in a phone book, and it was like, well, let's throw that idea out the window. And like, Maybe we could try to hit all the bars in our neighborhood. So uh, there's lots of fun places, you know, both big and small. Um, you know, Google some, but then also just walk around and wander into your neighborhood bar.
2: Yeah. Uh, cheese curds on every menu. Old fashions on Happy Hour. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian's Cocktail Lounge is one of my favorites. Yeah. I like that. Um, a lot of beer. he will have to be drinking lots of beer. There'd be, be beer everywhere. Just everywhere. Yes. When I moved to Wisconsin, I was shocked <laughs> <laughs> at how many places and in how many hours of the day there was beer. I was going to say,
1: not just that there's beer, but like at <laughs> nine o'clock in the yes, morning, Yeah. If not early. Nobody's like, going to look twice acceptable. at you <laughs> if you're drinking beer
2: at 9 a.m. So. Yeah.
1: Even the contract signing for the yes. DNC. That's right. uh, there was beer. There was beer, which <laughs> the lieutenant governor spilled some on the contract. I heard that. And I followed up with him and asked what kind of beer they were drinking, and he didn't know. Well, wow. He didn't so, know? I don't know. He
0: couldn't taste the champagne of beer. That's what I was, yeah. I, I bet that's what it was. I'm guessing that high was high what life. was. Yeah.
1: High Life has got a lot going it's for good. it. If
0: you come it's to Milwaukee, you need to drink High Life. Yeah. Right. But you also I mean, you need also to, need to try other. You need to look beyond though because there's a million great craft beers.
1: That's right. So you guys are familiar with the question I always ask the politicians who come on the show, but I think that it is fitting, since we're giving tips to visitors, that I ask your favorite Wisconsin
2: beer. I've been thinking about this all day. You knew it was going to come. I know, I know. I forgot to think about it. I think my favorite is, is High Life because it works in most situations. <laughs> but is so disappointed. Okay, you didn't, say, you didn't <laughs> say Shandy. You
0: didn't <laughs> take me down the Shandy road, no. so it's okay. <laughs> It's but okay. I can I respect like, the life.
2: I also like Central Waters, anything yeah. they do that's in a bourbon barrel. They do a lot of good barrel-aged <laughs> yes, yeah. beers. Yes. Yeah. yeah so our, our
1: former best. governor, Republican, former Governor Scott Walker's favorite beer is, uh, is Leinenkugel's Summer Shandy. And our current governor, Tony Evers, is a Miller Lite guy. Hmm. Patrick, what's what your favorite? What about you, Patrick?
0: I don't. I can't choose a favorite. There's too many great beers. You
1: are a craft beer connoisseur. Yes.
0: It's not Summer Shandy, and it's not Miller Lite, and it's not Spotted Cow, which is all I That's think the most common of, yeah. choice uh, for your guests on your show. Um, I like your choice of the Central Waters Bourbon Barrel beers. I mean, what Central Waters does is is pretty incredible. And yeah. I'm I'm the kind of person who like every time I go to the liquor store, I want to try the new beer. I want to have the thing mm-hmm. that I haven't had. So my favorite is whatever's new.
1: So I'm I mean it's hard to choose, and I drink a fair amount of High Life also and Schlitz I'm a big Schlitz fan if we want to get into the classic but if we're talking like newer craft beers the thing I always tell people if they have already tried Spotted Cow because if you haven't tried it you probably should sure, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but if you like IPAs and if you like IPAs that aren't super bitter my favorite is probably Carbon 4 Fantasy Factory which yeah, is a, a Madison beer. beer but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good standby they're Hopalicious Hopalicious yeah. is very good yes yeah. um, Good City is a new Milwaukee brewery that's got a lot going on it's going to have a very close Proximity to a lot of the activity. That's
0: and if you're drinking New Glarus, don't stop at Spotted Cow. That's like They Keep have a, the Scream uh, yeah. Imperial IPA, which is really good. get the fruit beers and sours that are great. What's that?
1: Patrick <laughs> was just rudely interrupted by Molly's timer, which I would like to edit stop out. Stop talking about beer,
0: Marley. Shut up about beer. I've heard that before.
1: True. <laughs> Well, that's our cue to come close to r- wrapping up, but I do have to ask your favorite Wisconsin cheese also.
2: So mine is the – it's in a black package. It's Montmart. <laughs> is that how you pronounce I,
1: it? I don't know. I you know, know what the brand am talking about, about. Yeah. I think, right? Yes, yeah. yes, it is. It's, it's, um Sartori?
0: Yes, yeah. Sartori. Yeah, which is yeah, a is Sheboygan
1: area um, cheese. That's a really good cheese. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's see. The cheese that I always eat is the Cedar Grove cheddar, which is kind of a boring choice. But the Hooks five-year cheddar, like that mm, stuff, is yeah. pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, any any Hooks cheddar you can get your hands on, I think, is a good choice. Yes. My like the fifteen-year they call Wisconsin Gold because yeah. it's. Got the little crunchy crystals, and it's yeah. um, a lot harder to find. And but, you also
0: need to take a bank loan out. Yeah, to buy a little bit. A, yeah, a <laughs> it. But it's delicious. But it's really
1: good. But the five and the ten are much more yeah. affordable and really tasty. I'm a huge fan also of Landmark Creamery's Tallgrass Reserve. Um, that's started actually by two women who, at least one, is somewhat involved in Democratic politics. Um, so they've got a little political connection there. Um, well, thank you guys for. Coming Thanks for in having to, us. To talk about this, yeah, we're going to so have a much. lot to keep us busy these next few months. And before I let you guys go, since you were so kind to come on my podcast and give me a little bit of promotion, uh, you guys have a new project product coming out soon. Tell me what you've got going on.
0: Well, in addition to listening to Wedge Issues every week, every week, anybody, you are, you are, yes, anybody who's into Wisconsin politics should subscribe to the new. Uh, weekly newsletter that the Journal Sentinel is launching. If you just go to jsonline.com, you'll be able to see how to do that.
2: It's called On Wisconsin Politics. Which is a great name. It is. Yes. Bill Glover of the Journal Sentinel. Everybody knows him and loves him. Mm -hmm. He came up with it. Oh, that's smart. All right. Everybody subscribe
1: to On Wisconsin Politics from the Journal Sentinel and keep listening to Wedge Issues, too.
0: Thank you for listening
1: to Wedge Issues. Our theme music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. We have new episodes every Friday, so make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date. If you have feedback or suggestions for me, you can find me on Twitter at jessieopie, or you can email me at jopoien at madison.com. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes. If you like what you hear on Wedge Issues, you can also check out our other Cap Times podcasts like The Corner Table, which talks about food and drink in Madison, or The Mad Splanners, which is about local government. Some of you who have been reading our print coverage were probably expecting to hear from Ben Wickler in this episode, but the Milwaukee News took precedence, so next week you can expect to hear from Ben Wickler about his quest to become the Democratic Party of Wisconsin chairman. We'll see you then.
0: Wedge Issues has been brought to you by Wispolitics.com. There are plenty of benefits to becoming a member. You can go to Wispolitics.com membership to find out more.